You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We're going back to the movies once again. Well, it's summertime. You know, all the blockbusters are here. And Marvel actually has another movie out. Can you believe it, folks? Consider me shocked on this one. And we are going to be talking all about Thor, Love and Thunder. It's going to be very fun to go dive into the son of Odin and his friends and see where they go this time. It was... Very entertaining for some people. It was fun for other people. Some people were like, meh. You know, so it's going to be very curious to see where the crew of ESO goes with us tonight. But this man has both love and thunder in his heart all the time. Let's welcome my co-host, of course, as always, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. How well, are you, know, you I should have, uh, should have uh, not had those beans for, for lunch. But you were loving them, and now they're thunder, so... It totally makes total sense. That's, uh, yeah, that's the way it works. Understandable completely. So, I'm going to be very fun to talk about another Marvel project. You know, it just feels always, like, it, it feels like that's all we're talking about on the show anymore. It almost feels like. well, get, uh, you know, people get ready because pretty soon all we're going to be talking about is streaming TV shows. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. It's coming sooner than you actually think. And, you know, we're going to actually, in the next few weeks, actually, we're going to be doing some double header episodes where we do, you know, two topics per night because just there's just so much to talk about. That so much stuff. Oh, and we're not even scratching the surface. And as a little preview of that, we're actually going to give you guys a little bonus tonight. And we're going to actually give you a rants and raves that we recorded for Patreon exclusively um, when we talked about season one of Only Murders in the Building. And because, Mike, I think you were a little bit late to the game on that one. Yeah, I didn't have uh, access to Hulu, I don't think, or something like that. I don't know. But uh, in any case, yeah, I wasn't watching it uh, week to week like you guys were. I had uh, I waited until it was over and binged it. That makes sense and everything. But yeah, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful show if you haven't had a chance to listen to it. So you're going to be spoiled both on For Murders in the Building, Season 1, which is just about a year old already. And also, of course, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, we're going to be spoiling the heck out of that one also tonight. So be prepared just for both ends. And so, we're like I said, we're going to be putting, I think, the geek seat on hold for a couple weeks and we'll be mixing it in every once in a while, but we're going to be doing mostly double headers. I think mostly for the rest of the summer, I think from this point on where we're going to be doing whole episode topics as a lot. Yep. There's just, cause there's just so much to talk about and we want to give you guys our thoughts on it and everything, but we will be doing some exclusive, uh, 
you know, rants and raves for Patreon still. I think this week, actually, there's going to be a new episode of Rants and Raves going up where myself, Mike, and Mary Ogle are going to actually be talking about our flag means death. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun also. So if you want to subscribe to Patreon, of course, go to patreon.com slash ESO network. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can get exclusive material that we've been doing you know, rants and raves. We've been doing ESO board silly. Drew and Kevin have been doing ESO uh, DCU uh, classics, and you know we've been throwing up other things up there too. Every once in a while, I know that the Watchathon from Rassilon has been doing stuff, and a couple other shows have done stuff in the past. So definitely, if there's tons of material out there for you guys to get. If you're even you know. For a dollar a month, that's not too shabby. I think that's pretty awesome. So please, subscribe. Patreon.com slash ESO Network. And of course, we want to do a big shout out and thank you, as we always like to say, to everyone who's listening to us. If you want to leave feedback, feedback is always welcome. Feedback at herstation1.com. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. And, you know, what are you guys watching? Why are you guys going to the movies? Are you guys streaming everything? definitely would love to hear from you guys hear what you guys thought about you know thor only murders in the building ms marvel obi-wan kenobi you know there's just so much of oh, the boys just ended you know and stranger things and you know umbrella academy um what else is there um, i'm gonna have to stop you mike because if you keep on listening we're not going to be able to review 11 thunder that's true that's a good point mike so i'm going to stop right there because yeah there's just a ton of stuff for us to talk about and you know what you know definitely would love to hear what you guys are watching and you know are you matching up with us or give us some suggestions we would love to hear what you guys are watching that we're not I think that would be cool. I still haven't even seen Squid Games. So, you know, I know a lot of folks out there loved it. And so, you know, I'm going to probably go back and watch that even. But like I said, I'm going to stop right there. So definitely also want to give a shout out for our friends over at Tifosi Optical. Tifosi Optical is your place for sunglasses. You can get a really cool pair of custom-made sunglasses for as little as $28, folks. That's not too shabby. $28 for a pair of sunglasses. And as a way of saying thank you, Tifosi Optical has a coupon code for 10% off your whole order. Just not one pair. And that's also including gaming glasses, sunglasses, safety goggles, and other kind of glasses too. It's pretty awesome. Tifosi Optical has you covered. And if you put in the code EarthStation1, you get 10% off everything. That's not too bad. So definitely check it out, tofosioptics.com. And now, as we promised, here comes Only Murders in the Building. This doesn't make sense. Where do we start? At the very beginning. I got in the elevator with these two weirdos. Then Tim got in the elevator. Approximately 12 minutes from now, I will be murdered. Tim Kono's death has been ruled a homicide. And apparently one of you jerk-offs did it. I can't stop thinking about this. Neither can I. We should do our own true crime podcast. We're going to go down there and look around for clues. Do you want to come? 
Do I want to break into a dead guy's apartment and go through all the... Sounds like an afternoon. Right now, the only thing that matters is that there's a killer on the loose in our building. Oh, that is a very good line. Badly delivered, but a good line. I think we're on to something big here. And these are... Candid photos I took of our neighbors. Why are they all selfies? So I don't draw suspicion. It's so hot in here. Do we have to do this in a closet? The acoustics are better. And trust me, you need acoustics. I'm going to pass out. Get the who, the how, the why, and the why now. Get, get the, the what and the what? See, why would you say what? I never said what. There's no what. Just got super real. I think our list of suspects just got longer. Hold on! Get out of the building now. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Oh my god, oh my god. Help oh my god. me, someone! Keep your eyes peeled. Anything can be a clue. There's a very strong chance that the killer is musical superstar Sting. The guy from U2. Do you consent to being recorded? Just say anything to agree. No, please. Thanks, perfect. (laughs) We're gonna cut. Um, I like the emotion. Keep that. I kind of need you to enunciate better. Do you have anything? The crying is covering the dialogue. Oh, that's a good. That's a good note. Okay. When you're ready, and action. Hey there, patrons, and welcome to the second episode of Rants and Raves. My name is Mike Faber, and let's say hi to my co-host, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy! And hopefully everyone had a great, great holiday. And gearing up for the New Year's, it should be a ton of fun to talk what we're going to rant and rave about tonight. We, you know, this one's been a little bit in the making, and... You know, Mike finally got caught up with watching this. We're going to be talking about Only Murders in the Building. And it is an amazing show that was on Hulu earlier this fall and featured, of course, Steve Martin, uh, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. And many other well-known names popped up into this series. Some in cameos, some had pretty decent-sized parts. And it was really interesting. I remember seeing the trailers for this, you know, a couple months before it actually premiered. And I had seen Steve Martin and Martin Short in concert at the Fox a couple of years ago. And the chemistry they had between the two of them was just awesome. And so, you know, it was, it was cool. Cause I, I think the two of them date back working together as far back as what three amigos, wasn't it? I think so. Uh, I think so. To be honest with you, I am not a huge Martin Short fan. Um, I just not my cup of tea. Uh, he's just not done anything for me. I've never seen Three Amigos. <gasps> what? Uh, I know. Um, I and he's the main reason. Um, I think. Um, I love Steve Martin. I think Steve Martin is a comedic genius. Uh, and, uh, I, I know he's made some questionable, uh, decisions when it comes to some of his, you know, the last decade of movies that he's made. Right. Um, but, um, you know, I, I still have a huge respect for him, um, as a, as a, mu- as an, you know, as a musician, as a comedian, as a writer, 
Um, I know he's, you know, he's written a few books, fictional books, um, uh, mostly, I think, uh, mysteries as well. So I was intrigued, despite the fact that I'm not a big Mar- Steve Martin fan. I was intrigued by you this mean Martin idea. Short fan? Yeah, Martin Short, sorry. I, uh, I, uh, I was intrigued by this um, because I knew that, you know, Steve Martin had co-created it and uh that it just looked interesting i'm i'm big into as you know i'm big into mysteries oh i know you uh, agatha, love that. agatha christie and and stuff like that so this was in my wheelhouse and um you know uh, martin short wasn't enough to to turn me off completely uh because i can take him in certain roles and certain things you know so um and so but he was the one that was the big question for me i the third part of this trilogy, uh, Selena Gomez, I had very little experience with her at all. I mean, I was surprised that she was uh, involved as much as she was. She's an executive producer as well as an actor in this. And and she, is, I mean, it really is the three of them uh, carrying this whole thing. Um, it is uh, 10 episodes, but each episode is a half hour. So you can binge this one like in two nights. Um, I think I did it in one night. Uh, cause it's only five hours. So if you start early enough, you can, you can get through it all. It's one big like movie, uh, oh, yeah. five hour movie. It's um, pretty amazing. We actually did it weekly. So did you? Oh yeah. Did it and come it, out weekly? Yeah. It was a weekly okay. series and gotcha. it actually made it awesome. Cause it always had the cliffhanger endings. Yeah. I think, um, you know, going forward they've got, uh, they've already been approved for season two, um, which is amazing. Uh, so, um, and, and a good thing too. Um, and we'll get into that in a minute, but, um, but I, I was glad to see that. And, and when they come back for their second season, I will be watching it right from the beginning. I don't think I'll wait and binge it. I think I will. I'm, I'm enough of a fan that I will be like, yeah, I want to watch this weekly. I'm happy to hear that because, you know, I, I had mentioned it on my shout out one week and you were like asking about it and, you know, like going, Oh, is it good? You know, and everything. It's like, Oh, and it, it, it was fun. That's what made it a lot of interesting. And Martin short is very Martin short in this. <laughs> true. True. But, but he, he was paddleable because I think Steve Martin toned him down a little bit in some ways. Well, they are, they, like you said, they've been doing, they've been working together for decades. Um, and recently you're right. They went on that tour together. And so they know each other really well. They're very comfortable working with each other. Um, I was kind of surprised, you know, that Gomez was able to fit in so well, but, um, you know, I, I don't know what the history is of how she was cast or her character or anything like that. But I will say that the three of them make a great trio, and um, if if she was to leave, I I think the dynamic wouldn't be as fun. Uh, I think she, you know, these two old guys, this fairly young woman, um, you know, solving these mysteries or whatever, uh, is just kind of a, a fun idea. I think I think it's a great idea. They're great characters. They're set up in this great sort of world where they live in this like, you know, this New York apartment and. I, I don't know how far we're going to go in terms of spoilers, but, um, you know, as far as the very first, like five minutes in the first, in the first episode, the first five minutes is something, is, something happens where someone gets killed and we don't know who it is, 
but we know that it looks pretty bad for Selena Gomez's character. Um, and it's surprising to find out through the course of the season that <laughs> that says nothing to do with what happens this season. <laughs> nope. It, it actually happened. The first five minutes tie into the last five minutes of the season. Yeah, if there was not going to be a second season, it would be like, what the hell is going to happen now? Cause well, exactly. <laughs> the and first five minutes are going to be resolved. It was awesome because the series basically ties all around the murder of this gentleman named Tim Kono. And he basically lived in the same building as Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. And they decided to start a murder mystery podcast because, you know, the police ruled it as a suicide and they were like, that seems too easy. There has to be more to this. What led to the death of Tim Kono? And so they started a podcast called only murders in the building. And it was very, very interesting to see because we're podcasters. First off, that was the other hook that I was amazed by because, you know, it's, it's supposed to be funny because of the people involved. It's, I want, you know, it needs to be a smart murder mystery because I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a sucker for those. And, and then they, you know, introduced this podcasting element to it, which to me added to the, the fun. You could sort of tell that there were jokes in there that only podcasters would get. Right. Like this is this was done by people who knew podcasting and granted, you know, uh, I still you know, I think this is one of those things, too. It's one of the first few. It's one of the first times I've seen podcasting done in the media depicted in a way that I was like, this feels kind of accurate. I mean, it's not completely accurate, but it's but it's but if like, for example, when my mom says, I don't understand podcasting, I can say, Watch Murders in the Building. <laughs> only what? Oh, yeah, watch Only Murders in the Building, and you'll understand podcasting a little bit more. A little bit more. Like, you'll but, you'll get it. A but bit you more. could tell your mom also there is nobody out there going to give a brand new podcast a fifty thousand dollar. You know, no. But even so, like like you know, they do all this work, and they have like what three listeners or yep. thirteen listeners or whatever it is, yeah. and it's like yeah, yeah, we 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 understand that. We, we do that. understand and, that more than you understand folks. <laughs> Uh, so it's got the podcasting element. I like the way that, you know, it addresses like the fact that, you know, all these people live in the same building, but they don't really, which is basically the building itself is a character in some ways. Right. And they don't like the, the whole cast of characters that live there and your neighbors and your relationship that you have with your neighbors, how well you don't know them or do know them or whatever. Um, that's kind of interesting. It allows for, you know, fun little cameos by like sting. Sting um, lived in their building. It was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I mean, because it's Martin Short, because it's uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, you know, you've got like people who like Sting, who I can't imagine would do this for anybody else. Uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon uh, has a cameo in a role. Um, Tina Fey, of course, is in it. Tina Fey uh, has I, a recurring role in this, actually. I would imagine she's going to be really integral to season two as well. Um, and, uh, you know, and then you've got like Nathan Lane, who just almost steals the damn show. Oh, very much so. And he plays a straight character, which is even more amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because we've also it, been it, watching Modern Family. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Not not so much in that one. 
And over on Earth Station One, we are going to be reviewing in a few weeks Birdcage. That is pure Nathan Lane. <laughs> right, right. But he's great in this. Uh, you know, I think everybody's great in this. And um, it's really good to see, you know, um, Steve Martin is up there, right? He's got to be pushing almost 70 at this point, right? Oh, Steve Martin's uh, in it. Both of them are in their 70s. Yeah. So it's. Martin Short. It, it, it's yeah. So, you know, you don't, you don't know what to expect from them, but they're both really good performer wise. And I'll tell you what, Steve Martin used to be known as the guy who used to be really physical slapstick comedy kind of thing. Um, like I said, I don't want to get into many spoilers, but the last episode where we'll just say he's under the influence of something he physically is as funny as he's ever been. Like, oh, that was hilarious! A riot! Like, and they that had to is... push him around in the baby cart. <laughs> it was just awesome. Yeah, they're, like when he's on his own and when he's getting hit, like it just is so funny. Um, uh, and it's really good. I mean, the, the the mystery element kept me guessing as to who it was that was responsible, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I thought it was really smart. Um, and really, really fun. I think it's definitely worth everybody's time to check this out. Oh, very much so. And it's neat because because of them searching through the building and searching through, you know, all the different suspects it could be, they uncover other crimes that have happened over the years, including right. an apparent uh, suicide and also possible, you know, grave robbing. And it was just it was just awesome. And it's also, you know, like I said, you know, you get this whole thing about um, everybody when you first meet them is not what they appear like. Everybody's got secrets. Oh, exactly. Even the three main characters do. Even the three main characters have secrets. And so you're trying to figure out like exactly what's going on with all three of them. And and that's going to be interesting to see if that continues because it's like how many more secrets could they have? But, you know, as the show goes on, but. But I, I, I'm I'm confident after watching this first season that it's in good hands and I, I'm sold. I think it's this is a great show. It's been probably one of the best shows I've seen this year mm-hmm. uh, in it's 2021. Gonna, when we do our rants and raves, it's definitely going to be on my list in that episode. In that list, I, I it's very high on my list for the best shows I've seen on on TV, and I'm glad I was able to stream it. Um, I'm glad I, you know, it's a reason. Is it a reason they get? Hulu. Um, I think so. You know, it's, it's, it's certainly, um, I don't, Hulu is one that I, I don't really watch a lot. Uh, as far as the other streaming services, I, I tend to watch Disney plus, uh, HBO max a little bit more, Amazon prime a bit more for mainly for movies on that one. But, um, and, and Netflix occasionally, but Hulu is really like down there. Um, to be honest with you, and since this is only going to our patrons, I'll say that I actually don't pay for Hulu. We have a, I have a little swap with a friend of mine where he gets access to one of my streaming services and I get access to Hulu. Um, and, uh, you're not um, the only person who does that, Mike Gordon. So don't obviously worry. not. But. Right. Right. Yeah. I know. And that's as far as right now, that's not illegal. So <laughs> it's still legit form of, uh, getting a subscription service, but. But, but like I'm saying, it's not Hulu's. I, I can't see, I can't spend, like, I can't spend money on Hulu. I, it's not, I can't justify that because there's not a lot of programming on it. But when this show hits, if I didn't have access to Hulu any other way, I would pay to watch just this show. 
I could understand that. It, and it's truly worth it. And it's only 30 minutes. It's not like it's an hour long each week. It, these are, you know, 30 minute little snippets. I think what there were, how many episodes? Seven or eight? Uh, there are 10 episodes. Oh, there's at, 10 episodes. Okay. Yeah. 10 so, episodes and each one is like about a half an hour. So, so yeah. And they were amazing. You could, and you know, like Mike watched it in one night, but that's normal for him. But yeah, but well, I, de- yeah, I, I definitely, mean, if you get a chance though, watch them in the 30 minutes and like, let it rest. Cause there's so much to think about. Yes. In, you know, from that episode, cause they pour so much into the stories and you know it's just it's just amazing. I definitely would recommend this one. Oh yeah! If anybody's listening to this, I mean, I think we've done been pretty careful not to spoil anything major. So feel like yeah, and we do that because we want. I want to encourage people to watch this. Um, I mean, surely it would be great to do a in depth discussion, and maybe on the regular station one, we will, uh, maybe when the second season comes out next year, uh, maybe we'll go in more in depth and do spoilers and everything. But for right now, um, because I don't know how many people have seen this and I, I like I said, I don't want to want to spoil the whole thing. Um, I, I think, you know, if you guys haven't checked this out and, uh, uh, you should, cause it's, it's a really, really good show. Okay. And now a time for a rant about the show. Oh No, Oh yeah, I, I, a, I didn't think we were gonna, we were going to be clear. No, no, no. You you have one huge, huge blocking point. Not, and I'm not even talking about them being sponsored by somebody who's accused of a crime. I'm not even talking about that. And I even loved that you got to meet their five listeners. <laughs> and no, but the one, one rant is why is there not a Brazos TV show or YouTube video series out there. <laughs> Come on, folks. You're missing the point right there. It would be awesome to see, you know, like Steve Martin in like, you know, younger makeup and stuff trying to look, you know, from the nineties. I the think. Would, ex- oh, exactly. I think <laughs> he would look awesome. And I loved it that they had Jane Lynch as his stunt double. <laughs> that was so funny. It was awesome. Uh, that was great. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, I don't want to get into too many other spoilers, but th- those were great moments. And and uh, you know, I-, I can't think of anything to to rant about this show. I think it's really solid. And uh, I will say uh, that uh, you know, having met the few patrons that we've met. Um, that we're grateful for and having met like the fans of our station one that we've met as few as they are, uh, they're, they're like much more put together than the fans of their, sh- of, uh, only members oh, in the building podcast. Without a heartbeat, without <laughs> even a question. So, so, you know, our Thank fans you. have something. Thank you, patrons. <laughs> exactly. Thank we you, love patrons. you. We love you guys. Yes, we are. We would not put you in the camp of these guys. So, uh, so that's not, that's not true to form. Our fans are, are much better than that. So we appreciate that. Very much so. And so that's going to wrap up the second episode of Rants and Raves. So please leave feedback at feedback at esonetwork.com. I know that was redundant folks, but you know, we're a podcast. We're supposed to be redundant. Repeat, 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 wash, repeat, repeat, wash, repeat, repeat. But thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys have an amazing new year. Or if you're listening to us already in 2022, 
hi in the future. Happy New Year. So thank you guys for listening on behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon. As always, it's my pleasure. Oh, of course it's always your pleasure. We get to talk to each other. It's awesome. You know, and we don't have to have, we don't have to have a murder in the building. It's awesome. We get to do this for our patrons, which we really appreciate. Exactly. And we we do it for free because we love you. We do. We really, really do. Take it easy, folks. We'll talk to you soon. We'll be back with the third episode sooner than later. Take it easy and ciao. Report. Sir, there's Klingons in the starboard bow. Starboard bow? Starboard bow. What are they doing there? They seem to be waiting for the new episode of Earth Station Trek. Science, what do we know about this Earth Station Trek? It's a podcast that tracks through the history of Star Trek, from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. Navigation, how would one find such a podcast? By setting coordinates for EarthStationTrek.com or by doing a sensor sweep of Spotify, iTunes, or any other quadrant where fine podcasts are available. Captain, what are we going to do about the Klingons? We come in peace, Commander. Weapon station, shoot to kill. Shoot, shoot to, to kill. kill! Shoot to kill! Hey, everybody. Michelle here with an Iconic Rock talk show moment. I'm back, and so are two bands who have not put out albums in a while, but both are dropping new releases in October inspired by the Far North. Uh, the Cult's first album in six years is titled Under the Midnight Sun. Uh, the title was inspired by Ian Asbury's experience at, in the far north of Finland at the Provinsa Rock Festival, where he was watching everybody having a good time uh, at three in the morning in full sunlight. Uh, the new single was written by their guitarist, Billy Duffy. It's called Give Me Mercy, who's... Duffy says it has all the hallmarks of classic cult, and Asbury is really excited about the song as well. So you can stream that now, and you can pre-order the album at cult.ffm.to, releases October 7th. Uh, you can catch them on tour if you grab the tickets fast. The tour started Friday the 8th and ends July 30th in Canada. And AHA's new album, their first one since 2015, uh, comes with a film. They are both titled True North, and they come out October 21st. You can also stream the lead single, which is called I'm In. Uh, everything was recorded in, par- sorry for the pronunciation, Bodo, Norway, just south of the Arctic Circle, with the Norwegian Arctic Philharmonic, um, celebrating the culture of the far north. You can pre-order that at a-ha.lnk.to uh, It's available as a CD, double album set, uh, or digital download, or the deluxe version that has all of the above plus a 40-page book. No word yet on a tour from them. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show moment, and we'll catch you next time. Kids, get the popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space viking. Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? <laughs> Eight years, seven months and six days. Give or take. Am I, uh, 
sensing feelings. Well, you're right. The only ones who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. All gods will die. I just want to say that was very, very impressive what you did back there. She's my first bad guy. You never forget your first. You are not like the other gods I've killed. Because I have something worth fighting for. Let's see who you are. I take off your disguise. And flick. Oh, flick too hard, damn it! Shall we help them? And eventually, grape. Okay, folks, this is it. We're back, and we are going to be talking all about Thor, Love and Thunder. we got a great crew to talk all about it. So strap on your screaming goats, and let's get going, folks. Take it away, Mikey. Yes, Thor, Love and Thunder, the fourth Thor movie, and I think it's the eighth time uh, Chris has played Thor Tenth. as a character. Tenth. It's his tenth appearance. <laughs> Goodness, he's in the double digits. Wow. So, uh, so we are going to talk as we mentioned in the beginning. We're going to talk and we're going to spoil this. Uh, so, if you have not seen the movie or you just don't care if you're not surprised, um, then uh, feel free to keep on listening because we're going to do a deep cut as far as uh, our reactions and all the story points and even. The, of course, the uh, the final scenes of uh, after credit and mid credit scenes uh, and what it could mean for the future of the MCU and Thor in particular. So um, we have a good crew here to join us. We've got, uh, of course, our normal. Uh, I just, should I say normal? Is that she normal? So, is she really she's, normal? She's, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't even mean to like, yeah, you're not normal. <laughs> Thanks, I think. <laughs> she's actually normal. <laughs> but of course Ashley Pauls is here Ashley uh normal or otherwise we are glad to have you with us. Thank you. It is always good to be back talking summer movies with the crew. Yeah, and uh you know Marvel what a change for us, right? Yeah, so I know getting outside <laughs> our comfort zones a little bit here. Not really. Um if you uh, call me normal. <laughs> and you heard a voice of we got a couple of uh newbies here joining us here on the station uh and you just heard the voice of the devil Right? Did I pronounce that right? Perfect. I'm not from New York, so you have to forgive me. <laughs> Neither am I anymore. <laughs> but uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, for those people who may not be familiar with you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Ladies first. Gotcha. Well, we've also got, yes, we do have a lady here with us. Uh, Amy Taylor is here with us as well. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and yes, feel free to tell us about yourself as well. Um, well, I I love Marvel. I love Star Wars. I love Star Trek. I love I love all the things, but I really do have a special <laughs> love with for the Marvel um, 
cinematic universe. It's something I shared with my kids, and I am very excited to be able to talk about Thor today. Well, we are excited to have you with us. Awesome. Uh, and and Mr. Mr. Devil. Well, I'm a uh, uh, ne'er-do-well uh, about Dragon Con. Uh, I've uh, been an Eternal member for about 15 years. I'm a volunteer. I uh, uh, have been a uh, DCTV alumnus. I did uh, Ramen Franks and Beans and uh, a couple other videos uh, along with uh, some of the traditional ones. Um, I have a YouTube channel uh, and I just generally go around having fun and making chaos. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, a little bit of little bit of love and thunder yourself, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I am a Marvel addict, and uh, uh, every time uh, they come out with something, it doesn't matter who did it, who's going, except maybe Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we usually start off talking a little bit about um, how the movie did uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. To no one's surprise. Uh, took first place of the movies uh, that were released over the weekend, brought in, bringing in $143 million. Um, and uh, I think that puts it, like, obviously it puts it number one in the summer. It's pretty huge for, I think it's the top summer opening of a movie, but it still comes up short from uh, Doctor Strange on the Multiverse of Madness opening, which uh, hit $187 million the first weekend. Uh, I do believe that this is bigger than the last Thor movie, Ragnarok. Um, but whether or not it's going to be on pace to beat Ragnarok or, or how well it's going to do overall remains to be seen. The word of mouth seems to be mixed on this movie. So I don't know how that's going to play out until, uh, you know, uh, Ashley, I'm going to point to you because you and I put it out there that we said this, this was this the Doctor Strange was going to be our choice for the winner of the Marvel Summer. However, after we saw Doctor Strange, we weren't so sure. We thought maybe there was enough room for Thor to come in and beat it. Um, how do you feel now about its chances box office wise, regardless of how we feel about the movie? Yeah, I think that, I mean, it's a Marvel movie. It's going to do well. I... I'm going to flip-flop again. I think that Doctor Strange may come out on top just because, again, the reviews are mixed. It didn't get quite as high critical reviews as Ragnarok, which I felt like was really well-received by both critics and fans. And again, yeah, I'm seeing some people that said, oh, I love this movie, but others being like, eh, I don't I don't know if this is my favorite. So just because it tends, it, this one seems a little more polarizing, I don't think that it's going to do as well at the box office, especially with movies, again, coming to streaming so quickly. I think some people might be just like, you know what, instead of going back to see it again, or I might just wait until it's on streaming. So we'll be interesting to see. I'm very curious to see what the drop off this second weekend is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't think we have anything coming up right away to knock it down. Um, I, I don't think we've got anything coming out for a few weeks anyway, as far as uh, big movies. So I think that's, uh, well, yeah, because the Minions has already come out and everything else I think is out. So um, Minions did drop quite a bit, uh, over, over almost 60% uh, from the first weekend, and Top Gun Maverick is still cruising along. Good, goodness gracious, we never predicted that. Uh, so the need for speed, my friend. They did. They did. So that's the box office picture. So let's uh, let's find out what you guys thought uh, about it. Uh, um, 
Amy, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts going into this movie, your expectations, your hopes, and just an overview when you left the theater, how you felt? Well, I went into it, uh, I hadn't read anything about it, and I did that on purpose. I didn't read any reviews. I knew Natalie Portman was in it. I knew Russell Crowe was in it, and that was about the extent of it. And I'm really happy that I didn't read any of the reviews because I disagree with a lot of them. (laughs) I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. I thought that all the comedic elements were there, They and I think that they all landed, those screaming goats. Oh, my Lord, they were the funniest thing I've seen in forever. I think that the screaming goats need to be in everything from here on out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought it hit all the right, you know, the titles love and thunder. I think it hit all the right points with um, the love story and by the love story. I mean, between Thor and Stormbreaker and Mjolnir as opposed (laughs) to just Natalie Portman. Um, I, I loved it. I had a great time. Um, So that's where I am with it. That's good. That's really good. Really good. Uh, Mr. Devil. Um, let me just uh, start with agreement on the uh, the goats. <laughs> I love them. Uh, they they actually missed a bit of a uh, uh, a chance to uh, uh, end it out with having the uh, Wilhelm scream at the end of it, just having the goats <laughs> running off into the distance. And they, they, they needed a little something uh, uh, for that. Um, I like the movie. The movie was fun. It is not a bad movie. It is not as good as it could be. Um, I think uh, um, they dropped the ball on a lot of elements. They had too much going on. I saw a uh, uh, an internet meme or uh, rumor that uh, the original cut was four hours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, internet memes, who knows? <laughs> Right. Until uh, you hear it from them and see the unedited version, yeah, it's all just rumors. But, I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy, I was so disappointed on how they handled them. They weren't there for anything other than props. And they had a very, very good chance to build something. I mean, they, they act like they did, but um, they didn't really flesh out a, the relationship between Thor and Quill. And there, uh, it was supposed to be a lead-in to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy new movie. And they got nothing. All they were was, uh, uh, okay, well, here we go again with Thor. <sighs> okay, Thor's annoying. They did that in Endgame. There's no progression there. There's no relationship there. It's just Thor being Thor. And they're doing what they're doing. But there's little elements of, you could see, they wanted to do something because all of a sudden, they, the Guardians went from going, having a, uh, uh, a piecemeal uh, uh, pick up jobs. They've got a network. People are calling them for help. And... What is this? Why are they doing? Why are they calling the guardians for help? Where do they get this info? Where is this coming from? Oh, well, That's- to be fair, their names are the guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> well, I mean, the second film, like, they're over who there. Actually, who else are you going to call? Like, if you have a problem, <laughs> you, you know, know, you call the guardians. They, they have I get a, it, though. They, have they haven't established now. that. And that they didn't flesh out uh, Quill. They didn't flesh out what. All they did was, okay, Thor's being Thor. Uh, you know, he, he's 
hasn't progressed on from losing stuff, but he decided, okay, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get thick, uh, uh, fitter. I'm going to get back to where I am, but he's still unhappy. He's still unfulfilled. He still hasn't found his place. And a lot of this comes down to feeding in from the original films where he's just not a complete person. Uh, you know, I can, I, there's a lot more I can say about that, but I don't want to take up all the, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get to the more specific points, but yeah. So but your yeah, overview uh, is I mean, that I, it's I really, really enjoyed the interaction. The mm-hmm. chemistry on everyone is perfect. Everyone there wants to be there. Everyone there likes each other or knows how to needle each other. Everybody there was good for each other. And it was a wonderful, beautiful, gorgeous film to watch. It's just the tighter elements, the darker elements are missing because they went for full comedy. And it could have been so much more with just a little bit of effort and a little bit Mm -hmm. of war. Mm-hmm. And they 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 dropped the ball on the lore. They dropped the ball uh, on the uh, the Asgardians. You know, there, there's a lot to say on what yeah, yeah. he didn't say. And we so will definitely I'm, I'm gonna get stop into, right there. That's no, okay. Uh, Good. Thank you. Uh, we'll definitely get into more specifics. But uh, uh, Ashley, let's get an overview from you about your. You know, we pretty much know your expectations going in. At this point, let me ask you though. Do you um, do you have higher expectations for a Marvel movie per se, or do you just go in like like I kind of go in going this is going to be good? I'm just going to assume it's going to be good because they have not been. I don't think any of them have been terrible. Um, you know, the scale is kind of like loose on on how good they've been, but I think they've been at least very consistent. Um, and I think we knew kind of what we were going to get with this Thor movie based on the last one. Yeah. So when I go into a Marvel movie, I'm generally expecting to have a good time. I don't, you know, it may not be my most favorite. Like we all have our characters that we particularly enjoy. And that's one of the things I like most about the MCU now is that there's so many movies. If you ask somebody, what's your favorite MCU movie? I bet you could ask all of us on this podcast. We'd all give a different answer in your favorite movie, maybe somebody's least favorite movie. So I like that they're really going for a lot of different tones and styles. As I've said before, Ragnarok was not my personal favorite. So I would say my expectations for this one were a little muted. But what was interesting is that I think I actually enjoyed this one a little more than Ragnarok, even though it's not a perfect movie, just because I feel like some of those emotional moments landed a little bit more. I really appreciated everything with Natalie Portman as uh, Jane Foster, Mighty Thor. I was sad when they kind of just overlooked her character in the MCU. It felt weird that she and Thor broke up off screen. So I really liked that she got to come in. She got to be a hero and they had that moment of closure. I thought Christian Bale was great. He was really dark and chilling. Um, I wish they would have done a lot more with him because he was so fascinating to me. But um, yeah, overall, I think this one still, I feel like in the end, my feelings about this are kind of mixed. There are some things I like, some things I don't, but I think it will all be interesting to talk about. I still feel like this one, there were moments when the funniness and the goofiness took away from the more dramatic story they were trying to tell. And I feel like just a few more serious moments playing it straight would have helped the movie. And I do, since everyone brought up the goats, I have to confess, I hated the goats. 
I was annoyed the first time they appeared on screen and screamed, and I hated them more each time they appeared. But I am glad to hear that they brought other people joy, so I can be more <laughs> at peace with that now. So much joy. I can't even tell well, you. Well, I am really glad. You know, that that warms my heart a little bit and takes away a little of my goat hatred. So I'm glad they brought some joy. <laughs> oh, Ashley, you're going to hate then the effects I'm going to have in this episode. Oh, I know. I'm sure they'll be screaming goats, but oh, yes, there is. <laughs> so, so, Mike, well, how would how would your feeling? Um, I hate to say it, I agree with everybody so far with what everybody has been saying about this movie. This movie had a I had a love hate relationship with because I loved so much of it, but there were certain things that I disliked and I don't think the dislike of it outweighed what I loved about it I loved you know the feeling of Thor and Jane's relationship you know seeing an ex after all this time and her like playing it cool oh yeah it hasn't only been like three or four years and I'd be the one going yeah eight years four months three days and, <laughs> and yeah so but it was and it was interesting to see how they did it because I read the original content. We, I read the comics. I know you have also, Mike. Mm -hmm. And I like that they kept some of that in here. The whole thing with Jane having cancer and, you know, she was using Thor, her being Thor as an escape in some ways. And it was really well done, especially having a mom who passed away from cancer, stage four cancer also. And it was really interesting to see. They didn't gloss over it. They kept it, took it very seriously and they didn't play for ha ha's or anything. And I appreciated that a lot. Um, I agree with what the devil said about the guardians. I think they were a waste in this, you know, they could have easily, done something with them leading into Guardians 3. But I think that was one of the weak points for me. And, you know, I'm glad they weren't in it that long because if they were just going to be filler, I didn't want to see them because I love those characters also. So it was just interesting to see. Um, I was pleased with uh, Christian Bale was awesome. He was awesome, especially, again, knowing the source material. And I thought they they did that really well, and I enjoyed that. I liked – I got a kick out of that. You got to see Eternity and more of the cosmic beings in this and some of the other gods that we'll talk about in a little bit. And overall, was it a fun movie? Yeah. Will I go back to the movie theater to see, see it a second showing? No. I'll wait for Disney Plus. And, you know, I don't think it was the best, but I I enjoyed it different ways than Ragnarok, but I enjoyed Ragnarok also. So it's very interesting. I, uh, yeah, I had mixed feelings going into this one because of how I felt about Ragnarok. Um, I liked the first two. Yes, first two Thor movies, even the second one. Um, uh, although I'm not saying it's perfect, but I did like it. Um, and 
I like Thor as a comic character. I've been, uh, you know, the, the Walt Simonson run is one of my favorite runs of probably ever of comics. And you're right, Mike, I did read, uh, the, the, uh, Jason Aaron, uh, is responsible really for the two main storylines in this movie. What meaning the, uh, the gore storyline, uh, the God butcher, as well as, uh, Jane Foster Thor. And they are, yeah, these are abbreviated <laughs> versions, like Reader's Digest, condensed versions of those stories. Um, I definitely think that anybody who enjoyed the, sto- the stories should seek out the comics, uh, as usual, just because they're much more, uh, there's much more to the characters and their stories. And they play out a little bit differently as well. Um, uh, so I was looking forward to all of that, uh, especially the return of Natalie Portman. Um, as Jane, because I thought she could do a killer job in the role, especially now that she was Thor. Um, but, um, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of Ragnarok and it's part, it's well, not partially, it's mainly due to, uh, take a Watiti. Um, and, but you know, we know you're not a huge fan of his either. I, it's weird because I love, uh, the movie, what we did, what we do in the shadows. Uh, I love that movie. I haven't seen the show yet, but I love that movie. Uh, I watched um, Our Flag Means Death. Love that. Um, I haven't seen all of his stuff. I mean, I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, which I heard a lot of good things about. So I can, I'm not going to say I don't like his style, but I can definitely tell just on those things alone that I've seen, he's got a certain sense of humor um, that I... I Sometimes it doesn't work for me. Uh, I did see a review from David Rooney of The Hollywood Reporter that said, the movie feels weightless, flippant, and then he went on to say some of the things that I don't agree with. Instantly forgettable, sparkling, neither love nor thunder. But I don't agree with the last two things. But weightless and flippant, I do, uh, I do agree with. Because even though there were some heavy, heavy themes in this movie... Um, you have, you have basically your, your lead villain is questioning, questioning God and, and what it means to pray to God and what happens when God does not respond and what you, what you go through with that. Um, you've got Jane dealing with cancer and, and becoming a hero and, and either escaping from that or dealing with it that way. And that's, you know, you've got kids who are being used and kidnapped and given powers and put in a force to be put in a battle, um, which seems kind of odd. And then of course you've got all these sort of um, uh, other issues that I, you know, there's other things there too, but I mean, just that stuff alone. And it seems like what did he just like uses this stuff for really for jokes? Uh, he keeps the tone light. He's like, Hey, we're not going to get real heavy into it. Uh, but just the fact that this stuff is there, sometimes it just feels like it's a little, I feel like it's a little slighted um, in subject matter. I don't think that, I, you know, this should be a dark movie. I don't, I'm looking for that. But but the story, the original story of Gore the God Butcher is a really, really dark, dark story as far as comic wise. And it's very confusing. And I'm I'm not, uh, you know, the story is, is, is hard to commit to a movie. But that same tone 
would be difficult um, and uh, to portray here as well. And it's just thrown away. I do think the acting is good overall. Um, both the, the new characters as well as the uh, ones that we've seen before. So I didn't have a problem with that. And um, so, but I can't, I will tell you, I came out of theater smiling. You know, I came out of theater smiling. I did have a good time. So, you know, uh, I, I didn't hate the movie at all. Um, I guess, like, like Devil said, maybe I just realized that there, there could have been some better opportunities for more here. Um, but um, then again, if you're a Watiti fan, like, this is everything you want, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I I have heard that there's a four-hour cut for this as well. Like, there was, a, there was supposed to be a four-hour cut for Doctor Strange, the Raimi cut, right? And then they took all the Raimi elements out, kind of, and or, you know, toned it down for the Doctor Strange release. Um, and there were a lot of other cameos that were included in Doctor Strange, at least reportedly. And the same thing is true here. I've heard at least three different actors who filmed scenes for Thor Love and Thunder that said that they're, they didn't make the final cut of the movie. So exactly what they were going to be there, you know, therefore, we don't know. You know, were they going to be other gods? Were there going to be moments where the gods, we saw other gods get killed? Were they going to be just cameos like the, um, I didn't expect a lot from the Guardians of the Galaxy. I figured they were just going to be a cameo in the beginning and they did pretty much. But I will tell you, they didn't feel like James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy, Not Guardians of the Galaxy to me. Not at all. Um, um, and that kind of was weird because usually Marvel is pretty consistent. Um, from a character jumping from one movie to another. So, so that's, you know, uh, so that's a mixed bag for me as well. So, but let's, let's focus on the positive one or two really, really, really good things, moments, scenes, acting, whatever you want. Uh, Amy, we'll start with you. What, what was something really good and special about this movie that you really loved? Besides the goats. (laughs) <laughs> besides the goat <laughs> you know i love that sense of humor you know the other things that i've seen that he's done i really like that is that's a sense of humor that i really respond to i really enjoy but i totally understand that that's not for everybody um actually one of the things i really liked is that even though jane foster has cancer it wasn't a cancer movie it wasn't about that other movies, other directors, other stories have handled that story better. So, yeah, she has cancer, but we're not gonna we're not gonna dwell on that. Um, I think I, one of the things I really liked about it was that light tone. It was just for me a great summer Marvel movie. It's not a movie to have high expectations of. Um, yeah, I just there's just so many little things like just. Like the scene of when they are in Omnipotent City and they are in the the great temple with Zeus, just and I can't wait for it to be on Disney Plus so I can sit there and pause because <laughs> of all the gods that you saw, the detail and who he chose to have there and who was not there. I find that just I love that detail and what I remember seeing had a very it was it was almost like a Sid and Marty Croft kind of. Uh, some of the the gods he created were more like creatures that I remember from you know TV shows in the seventies. I just I loved all that inspiration. It was like it wasn't something we had seen least recently, and I I really liked that. I loved the visuals of everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and 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 the performance of Russell Crowe as Zeus was pretty inspired. I mean, uh, this I- is. 
This I mean, is the guy who played who Gladiator, else right? Played him. <laughs> I mean, what was it like? I don't know, 20, 25? I don't know how old we all are. Um, years old when he, or like 25 years ago when he played Gladiator. Like how different, right. like he, you know, that sort of suit fits him, so to speak. Um, yes. But, uh, and I, and, love and, his, you know, I loved his little tutu he was wearing too. And uh, yeah, I mean, he did the, he had all the cheerleader moves too, right? Mm-hmm. Like with the, <laughs> with the, uh, uh, I don't know what the the thunderbolt was called, uh, the weapon, but um, uh, and it looks like you know we might see him again. Oh yeah, you know it looks like he's poised to be the big bad, possibly in Thor five, whatever that. And may be I'm called. looking forward to that. And uh, can we talk about Hercules yet? Of course, you absolutely. Can. You can mention. Okay, yes, that was fun. Roy Kent, Ted <laughs> Lasso is going to be Hercules. That's amazing. Man, that killed. is going to be so much fun. When I when I when they showed Hercules, I my jaw hit the floor. It was like I looked at my wife. I said, "It's Roy and Kent." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a complete surprise to me too, and I, I loved that. I was like, oh, "That's great casting too." Oh, it's it's awesome because and it's interesting because if you go back to the Stan and Jack days of Thor, the rivalry between Thor and Hercules has been since like the 19, early 1960s and he was actually sent by Zeus to stop Thor so it's going to be very interesting but it's also interesting because in the comics Thor is very stoic very you know stern and in the movies you know Helmsworth has been playing him very light and gregarious and that's what how Hercules is supposed to be the big party boy and everything so it'll be very interesting to see how it carries over yeah, I gotta absolutely. say, what I liked, what brought me back into the movie mm-hmm. was the title drop. Mm. Like towards the end of it, I'm you know I'm a little disappointed. I'm I'm thinking oh anything, and then you know that they, they have the 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 scene with the little girl, and it's like, and he was he he worked well with her. She was good. Yeah, she was a typical uh, 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 tween, and you know just I want to do this. Okay, well your feet are gonna hurt. Okay, hmm. and I liked it. And then they did the title drop, "Love and Thunder." Oh, you got me, you dirty bastards! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, I right, you got me that time. I was not ready for that, and I should have been. I'm usually good at kind of, kind of stuff, and it's just like, fuck. Okay, you got me on that. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a very. Uh... In in Thor five, it's going to be a very different Thor that we've ever seen before. Because not even in the comics, I don't think he's ever had. Uh, he's taking care of children, so uh, that's going to be the daddy Thor. Um, Ashley, what about you? What's something else that uh, you appreciated about the movie? Well, my favorite part of the movie actually was when they went into the shadow dimension and had the battle with Thor or Gore. Sorry, too many names that rhyme. (laughs) But like as the color, as you see the color just bleed from the screen and it's filmed in black and white. I thought that was such a striking um, moment of cinematography and theming as well. That it's just such a dark, hopeless place. And then I loved that you had the weapons when they were wielding those magical weapons. There were little bits of color, so you see, there's still little bits of light and hope in life. And I thought that was just a really great, great example of like visual 
storytelling to really nail home that theme. And the creatures were really terrifying too, a, a little bit like some of the creatures you'd expect to be in Stranger Things. So I thought that was well done. I would have maybe liked to see just a little more of playing around with that like black and white idea with cinematography. But I thought that was really well and something new and fresh I hadn't seen from Marvel before. So I really appreciated that. And I hope they continue to experiment with different filmmaking styles like that in terms of their cinematography. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mike, what's something else you liked from them? Well, love the kids. I loved how they were depicted in this. I'm glad they weren't just whiny, complaining little kids the whole time. They were scared. They were kidnapped. But they were brave at the same time. They're Asgardians. Yeah, well, yeah. But still, um, it was just interesting to see that. And for me, one of the best scenes is when Thor gave him the powers, especially the little kid holding the stuffed rabbit was just awesome. I just, I loved it. And, um, you know, for me, I love Christian Bale. He and Natalie Portman won this over for me. I think both of them were amazing in this film. And I love the difference between, you know, Jane when she had the hammer and Jane when she was sick. The makeup they did for that was awesome. And if her arms alone don't get best special effects, you know, for this year, I'll be shocked. You know, and they you know, weren't CG. No, they were not CG, but they were a great special effect. I will give you that. Oh. And it was awesome to see that. But Christian Bale, it was great to see him in a superhero movie where he didn't talk like this the whole time. And so it was, he was great. He was really menacing and he found peace at the end, which I really liked that. I, I just want to talk about one thing with uh, uh, that they missed so many opportunities to really make him scary oh even more uh, so yes the, uh, the monsters that was just so poorly done uh, they, all they had to do was just state a little different how they're coming out and change his attitude a little bit rather than okay monster summoning 101 he is letting the poison out of his body and suddenly he feels a little bit better okay suddenly he feels stronger and it has corrupting effect around him it's not just okay well he summoned spiders <laughs> there's this corruption that's coming out of him and that's what's killing him and that's what's making him hate everything and he feeds it and it feeds him and it's killing him and they didn't do it it's just okay well he's got monster summoning one powers and you know they get these bad guys coming out of here and they're big bad things there was no context to it they didn't make him suffer he's i mean the the, the scene with the children kissed i was uh, not really happy with it uh <laughs> They had a jump scare with little kids, and they couldn't really do it because they're little kids. And what they should have done was have him want to hurt the kids and not be able to see his child in their eyes and or grab one of them away and you'll never see him again. And you notice he put them in the back. He can't hurt kids. He doesn't want to hurt kids. He just wants 
peace. He wants revenge. He wants to end the suffering of the universe from the plague of gods. And killing kids isn't part of it. And they just, they messed that up. He's sitting there uh, uh, up there uh, with a a sock puppet going, (laughs) (laughs) they could have done that in a million different ways and made it actually scary without going into gore, without going into uh, uh, nastiness. Just the less you see, the better it is. But, oh God, what did he do? Okay, he didn't really do it. Okay, he's conflicted, and you have a better character. I can see I, that. I, I can see I that. I wish they had done something like that. The character, you. the character of Gore is is different. Like as I mentioned in in the comics, uh, you know, and and he's a lot darker, um, a lot more muscular too. No offense to you know, Bale, Mister Bale, because I'm sure you could kick my butt, but um, uh, I. I I'm not sure I really needed to go there because one thing I did like about the movie, this is where I would get to my thing, um, where uh, because the comic story with God the Butcher and the separate comic story with Lady Jane end in two different ways than they do in in the movie. Um, and although the one that uh, for Jane is a little bit more similar than the one for the God Butcher. But anyway... Um, I enjoyed the endings of both in the comics and when the love and thunder ends the God butcher story in a very different way. And I was surprised how much I liked it. I actually, I love the, the switch. I love the fact that we've got this character who's so bent on revenge, who's so bent on revenge for uh, the gods, not answering his prayers, for his uh, for letting his daughter die um, and being flippant about it, not just like not caring, not being there, not showing up, but just being so flippant about it and how um, all these God characters, at least in the MCU, are, are these characters that nobody that are not worthy of respect or let alone prayer. Um, and I, I like that. You know, he's going he's doing everything that he's doing in order to wipe them all out. His wish, he gets that one wish, uh, that one convenient wish. Um, and, uh, you know, his wish is going to be that he's going to end all gods uh, across the universe. Kind of kind of like a Thanos snap to gods, right? Pretty um, much, except he's going to do it individually. And then he found out about Infinity and right. able to do, do it, it all. all at once. Right. So I love the idea that Thor... To defeat him, Thor reminds him, like, he has a wish. He could wish for his daughter back. He could wish to have his daughter. He could wish for love. And that really took me by surprise. I did not expect that as a, a sort of resolution. And it was perfect. Um, especially in this day and age when so many people are focused on the negative, they just miss out on focusing on positive things, on focusing on things they love. Um, and I think it's very much like relevant to today. Um, and I really appreciate that sort of twist on those stories that this movie does. And I thought that that was executed really well. I agree with um, that though. I do agree, you know, that it was, it was nice cause his demise in the comics was so much darker and I don't think it would have fit this movie. 
No, no. I mean, that, you know, I mean, sure, they could have done it, but obviously that's not the story he wanted to tell. And I, I like the way that it ends. I'm not going to spoil it for those people who haven't read it. I'm not. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I definitely recommend you check out The God Butcher Story um, and uh, and the Jane story, too. That one was one that I didn't read initially because I was not convinced that the concept was good. And then when I finally read it, I was like, this is the best damn Jane Foster story I've read. She's like, she's that character has been around for over 50 years. And I don't think she's ever been used as well as she was in uh, in that storyline comic wise. And I was glad to see that showed up here in this movie, too. I thought Natalie Portman and Lady Thor or not just Thor, let's call her right. Jane Foster Thor uh, was one of my favorite parts of the movie. I thought she really did well. I've seen criticism of her and her acting and not being able to pull it off this, that and the other thing. I think it might be a preference if you like natalie portman maybe you love it if you don't like natalie portman which a lot of people don't seem to then maybe you don't love it so much maybe you're not convinced i don't know um but one thing i've noticed when we talked about everything we liked and all that we have not really talked about chris helmsworth's performance and his return as thor so ashley tell me about what you thought about thor's journey in this movie and chris's performance yeah i do think it's interesting that he hasn't come up yet because I think that unfortunately he is outshone a little bit in his own movie just because I feel like Natalie By the goats, Portman right? By the goats. Uh, not not quite <laughs> but <laughs> um, Natalie Portman and Christian Bale are really bringing their A game and they stand out I feel like there were some tonal shifts in this where Thor, in these later movies he plays Thor to kind of a goofy more going for the humor but yet there are some really dark moments of all the loss and loneliness and despair he's had to go through so i kind of wish they would strike more of a balance between that like maybe again like dial back on the humor and let some of uh chris Hemsworth's um acting abilities come through but yeah so i feel like he did fine in this movie but is he the best example of acting in this movie not necessarily but i think maybe some of that might have to do with the script instead of just what he brought to the performance yeah, yeah. amy what did you think of uh helmsworth you know he looked like he was still having fun with the role you know and i really i i thought that was great because i mean how many times has he been doing this so we say 10 11 times or something 10 i um, think mike said i i haven't double checked that but. Yeah, quite a few. So it was fun to see him having fun. Um, and yes, I do think acting wise, he was outshone by Christian Bale and Natalie Portman. I agree with that. But he seemed to love being in every scene with everybody he acted with. He and especially when he was acting with a little girl who I believe is his daughter. Is that correct? I think you might be right. I think that's his daughter. I mean, he was having so much fun with her and that dynamic. Um, yes, we've had, and in particular, I believe it was Endgame, where we had PTSD Thor, who just, <laughs> he was drunk and playing video games and depressed. And I was happy to see that he had moved a little bit as a character through some of that. But of course, he's still grieving. Um, you know, when they did the shot of him the tattoos on his back and he had the list of people that he had his mom, his dad, Loki, um, Natasha, uh, 
another couple of people on the tattoo, people he's still grieving, not just not just Jane. He's been through a lot. So I was really happy to see that he um, was still grieving, but he was progressing. At least he was getting out and defeating bad guys again. And now that he is a dad, it's going to be super interesting to see what they do with that character next. Yeah, absolutely. I did get uh, confirmation here. Helmsworth daughter, Helms, Helmsworth's daughter, India, played uh, Gore's daughter, um, who's named Love. And uh, his actually his, his real life wife appears as the wolf woman who was one of Thor's past lovers in a scene. So, uh-huh. so uh, it's, a, it's a family uh, it's a family run business. Uh, well, when you're the executive <laughs> producer, you could throw whoever else you want into it. So. <laughs> I know, right? Um, uh, Devil, any comments from you as far as help? Uh, I agree with everybody. He loves playing this part. He is not bored of playing this part. I don't think he went anywhere with this one. Um, he's He was just there. And he was 100% Thor. Uh, he had his uh, uh, historical comedic timing. He's always like, oh, you won't. You did. What? Um, please don't. Uh, and I love that he can switch gears that quickly and still keep it going. Um, he, uh, the, the, the story is something different uh, where they're going uh, uh, with Thor and how he's doing it. But they didn't really get him to the point up until the end where he did any major change. He's just adjusted to it. He's learned to live with the pain and he's trying his best and he's getting somewhere, but he's not moving forward. And at the end, he finally finds something to live for. But that brings up uh, a larger uh, scale in uh, a the entirety of the movies is that, you know, Odin was the worst father ever. <laughs> and he failed both Loki and Thor in raising them and trying to make them kings. He never taught them how to rule. He taught them how to be in charge. And that showed up in uh, uh, um, Ragnarok where Thor is out there, okay, I have to protect the Earth, and I have to protect Asgard. And he's doing it by himself. He's He didn't want to be king, but he's not relying on anybody else, anything in the uh, 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 the Golden Realm, anybody, any, the gigantic army. Okay, well, I'm going to go out and beat on these monsters and get information, and I'll be back. And Loki is just living the life. And allowing the uh, 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 the hierarchy to take care of everything, and he's not involved in any of it, and he's just enjoying himself being king. And until something bad happens, and you have to fix it, and he doesn't know how anything works. And both of them have that crush in on them in their later uh, uh, movies, and mm-hmm. this comes down to it with this uh, uh, latest episode is that Thor doesn't know how to live life. He doesn't know how to be a part of something without either being the star or the, you know, okay, well, you can beat stuff up. We don't need you to do that until we need you to do that. We need you to be part of this. 
and it wasn't ever. Uh, uh, they had all think- these superhero friends. They had all these other gods. Uh, you know, he just was. I'm Thor. I can handle it. Yeah, the confidence in his fighting abilities is 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 always there. His confidence in his relationships with people is, is he's he's struggling with, and his his relationship with life is he's struggling with. Is this movie by the end where he's got the daughter, and now they're you know as a as a as a evil mm-hmm. fighting unit, Love and Thunder. Do you feel like he's in a better place than he's been in in a while? Oh yeah, he he's he's trying to teach someone and he's being level-headed and he's being kind and he's not forcing. He's taken a lot of the bad things in his life and said, "I'm not going to be commanding. I'm going to be informative." Okay? You can do that, but your feet are going to hurt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> feet are going to hurt. That's the way it is. Um I uh, I also think too that this is a Thor now that we're going to get that's not based on the comics. It's going to based on be based on what Hemsworth wants to do. Like this is Hemsworth's Thor. This is not the comics Thor anymore, right? No, Mike, do you feel yeah, that way? Yeah, completely. It's now, you know, this is going off the comics. You might have him fit into some of the comic universe things that happened there with new Asgard possibly and then also some of the villains and some of the storylines that Thor experienced but it's a different aspect of it because it's not the same character that we had before and I agree with what everyone's been saying you know this is Helmsworth's character he loves doing it you totally can tell he is enjoying every bit of being there and, you know, he he's already come out and said, I'll play Thor until I can't walk, pretty much. You know, he's just he's just having a great time doing it. And by all means, let's keep on going with it. And as, as long as the stories are decent and the characters are interesting to me, I'd love to see it. And I'd be very I'm very curious to see the new dynamic with him and his daughter. And it is. Speaking about walking and seeing, oh my god! You know, you know, it's it's interesting too, you know, because you know, compared to like how he his body was ten years ago when he did um, the first Thor movie, and his arms were built, but in this one, his arms were totally jacked, and that's partly because he's getting ready to play Hulk Hogan in a biop. And he had to build his arms up for it and everything. So it's just, it's just, well, it's a twofer, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's like, you know, that's right, like brother. He, like, he, I don't think he t- he's going to take a role where he has a, a dad bot again. Oh, um, God, no. uh, and uh, yeah, also, I, you know, we get to see like a side of Chris that we've never seen from any other uh, hero or character in the MCU before. So he shows us a little bit of skin. The most skin shown in a Marvel film <laughs> and made yes, everybody yeah. pass out. Oh. <laughs> Which is really it is, it is refreshing to see Chris like take that on uh, and, and say that when we've got so many of the other MCU guys, the original Avengers that are like, 
yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Or I'm not going to, or I need to do this, but I will do this, but it's got, yeah, it's going to pay me or they're, they're like kind of not embracing it as much as it seems like Chris is, but, um, all right. So let's get to what the future holds, right? We know that there's going to be a Thor five. We, you know, at the end it says Thor will return. There are some hints at the end, of course, uh, to where that might go. Uh, as we already mentioned, we get uh, a cameo appearance of Hercules. Uh, we get a scene between Jane and uh, Handel. Uh, Handel, right? Thank you. Um, and uh, that could, it could be seen as a, just a nice end scene that show that she's getting into Valhalla. Or it could lead to potentially her, her, but both of their return to the franchise because, uh, spoiler for the comics, they both do return in the comics. <laughs> they both do return. It's a comic. After- <laughs> Nobody stays dead. Exactly. Except for if your name is and- Wayne or ben- Uncle Ben, you know. <laughs> and even then. Uh, and then, uh, and with the MCU, you know, I'll bet no, nothing's off the table as well. So let me ask you guys this. Um, what do you guys want to see from the next Thor movie? And do you see anything in this movie that might have bigger implications in the MCU as a whole? Um, Devil, you like jumped up. So oh, yeah. we'll start with you. <laughs> well, well, one thing I want to talk about is the Asgardians. There is an unsung horror story going on right now. A fishing village from Grand Valhalla. They got devastated by war. They put everybody on a spaceship, any, and they didn't grab anything. They grabbed each other. They were running literally for their lives, so they didn't get any of the gold. They didn't get any of the uh, uh, archives. They just had the people, and then they lost half of those. And uh, uh, Valkyrie is saying at the end of Endgame, I've got some ideas to change things. And her idea is <laughs> I never a tourist trap. <laughs> and their thespians are throwing confetti. Oh, the thespians were awesome, though. Oh, no, it was hilarious. I, I loved seeing it. Matt Damon again but, in that role. But and another these are, these are people who had God-level intellect and science that was so far above ours that it's magic. And they're throwing confetti. They lost all of their people. Everybody who's left is somebody's uncle or uh, the guy who cleaned the stables. There's no more of the uh, uh, artists. There's no more of the uh, uh, medicine people. They died. They don't have all of their, everything is put into these gigantic uh, uh, buildings and their archives. And they all blew up. And the people who were left don't seem to have very much history in their minds. And they may still be Asgardians, but are they even immortal anymore? Because Earth doesn't get Ysidril, the tree of life. It is surrounded by it, but they don't get the fruit. There's no mm. tree. Yeah, I don't think they've so introduced they that. They may in the not actually in the movies be yet. immortal. And they've got none of their... Uh, uh, archives. They've got none of their history. They've got everything gone, and they're fishing and selling tchotchkes to live. And that was Valkyrie's grand idea, and it's working, but she's selling 
commercials and uh, uh, deodorant. And that's scary. What's so so you, you think that Asgard, what's happened, is going to play into the future? Um, it depends on if they go forward with it. It's just uh, they haven't said it out loud, but it's very prevalent that they have nothing left of grand Asgard. Yeah, and I felt that even with the character of Valkyrie, she's not used very well in this movie. She's yeah, pretty well, much a prop. So uh, uh, I guess, you know, and that's that's kind of a reflection on that as well, I think. So hopefully, but but we get a return, a really kick-ass return of Sif, which is which yeah. is outstanding. So, uh, and it looks like they are training them. And I think they've learned, uh, you know, this is the Asgardians have learned. We don't, we shouldn't be complacent. We should be warriors again. And mm-hmm. so we might get a warrior based Asgard and the Asgard that we recognize as Asgard coming out of this, because well, based on what happened uh, 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 with, uh, the, uh, advent of uh, the end with uh, uh, hell yeah there's uh, uh, an afterlife and it's a fishing village <laughs> <laughs> well it's like um, what <laughs> there's no there's no uh, grand uh, uh, battle there's no building there's a fishing village and he's like hey welcome to uh, Valhalla okay she didn't die in battle she died because she chose battle but she had cancer and died. And uh, apparently that's allowing her to get into Valhalla. So what Valhalla is, is also changing. Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it as well. Uh, Amy, what about you? What, uh, what do you want to see from the Thor in the future? And what do you see from the MCU in the future? Oh, those are both really good questions. Um, you know, you mentioned the Tree of Life just a minute ago. I think that that would be a really interesting idea to get into that, especially when you can use it to go to so many different worlds. Um, there was that moment in the movie when Thor was giving his Thor power <laughs> to the kids, and they did the shot where they showed um, the the magic, I guess, going out to the kids. And I remember thinking at the time, that looks like a tree. That looks like a Tree of Life. And I think that that would be fun. I mean, one of my problems is I love so many of these characters. And I think Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie is amazing. I thought that every scene she was in was perfect. And I would put her in, I would do so much more with her. Like, I almost want my own movie with just her. <laughs> but, you know, I love Korg. I want to see Korg and, and Dwayne and their little rock baby. And I want them to go on a... Um, a camping trip with Thor and love. I, I don't know. I, I, I think what's so great about what they've been doing is that the sky's the limit. I do want to see Thor grow up a little bit. You know, he is a dad now. It mm-hmm. is kind of time to maybe work through some things. It's time to grow up a little bit. You can't just be, you know, out here having fun, killing bad guys. There's a whole new level of responsibility. And I think that that would be an interesting theme to explore with him. What does it mean to have an adult, a grown up Thor, I love Roy Kent as Hercules. I think that that's going to, obviously we're getting him. I think that that dynamic, I think those two actors together are going to be magic. I, I'm super excited for that. Um, as far as the MCU altogether, one of the things that I've actually been a little frustrated with as I've been watching these movies and I've been watching the TV shows, they keep introducing all these new characters, right. especially at the end, you know, we're going to get the mid credits. We're going to end credits. So now we've got a new person 
And well, that's great. But now we've got dozens, it feels like dozens of new people that haven't been explored. And the MCU is starting to feel overstuffed to me. Just there's a lot of people and Mm -hmm. a lot of great ideas out there. But I'm starting to feel a little frustrated. Like, where are we headed with all this? What are they building toward? You know, I, I, and I'm not, I don't really know. I can't really tell where we're headed with some of this. And it'd be nice. And I don't know, maybe it'll be the next movie, maybe it'll be the next TV show where I really kind of feel like, okay, this is where we're going with all these new characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they, they have pointed to, I mean, a lot of the TV series and movies have sort of, you know, implied that there's a younger generation coming um, and love could be one of those as well. So I'd be curious to see if that is where they're ultimately going, but you know, uh, that's remains to be seen. Ashley, what about you? What, uh, what, what does the future of the MCU and Thor look like to you? Yeah, I really like the idea of Thor, um, of being a dad to love. And I really love the, uh, no pun intended there, theme of found family, like with the guardians, like these people aren't technically related, but they band together and they find a sense of family and belonging. So I really like anytime they explore that in the MCU, I'm really curious to see about the Greek gods and bring in some of that mythology. I loved what they did with Egyptian um, mythology and tradition in Moon Knight. And I would love to see them bring even more of that into the MCU. I think that would be really cool. So I'm excited to see what they're playing around with. And otherwise I'm kind of like you, Amy, I'm kind of curious, like they've introduced a lot of concepts. Like you have the celestials and the eternal in the eternals. You have, um, I believe the actor's name is Jonathan Major's character in Loki. And you've got just, and then the whole multiverse thing going on, like we know we haven't seen the last of the multiverse. And so I feel like there's, there's so many different threads. Will they all connect? How they will all connect? I'm really curious and I could see it going both ways. Like maybe it's starting to get away from them a little bit because there's so many threads or like we could be podcasting 10 years from now and be like, Oh, of course, Kevin Feige knew what he was doing. This is what it was all doing towards. So um, yeah, I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see, but it is kind of fun and exciting to not know where it's going. I felt like for a long time we knew we were building up to Thanos, but I don't really know what's coming next. And I think that's that's kind of exciting and it's fun to be part of something where you don't necessarily have been able to guess the ending. Yeah, yeah. Um, and t- I, by the way, I would totally be on board with a Disney Plus series called The Asgardian starring Tessa Thompson. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I'd be there Thank too. You. I, I would love that. Um, Mike, what about you? I'm the same way. God, I've been saying that so flippin' much tonight, but it's interesting because you don't know where this is all going yet. You don't know where. You you know, it's all supposed to be, you know, they've been saying Kang, 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 you know, for a couple, a couple years now. And we got introduced to him at the end of Loki. I was almost expecting something to pop up with that in here. But I think we are going to have to wait for, you know, for the Ant-Man movie in, I think it's March. I think that's when we're getting it. And it's going to be interesting to see because they've already started filming Loki too. They've already, you know, we're getting next is the Wakanda forever movie. And that's in November. 
And so we have that coming. And you have another villain, big villain. You have Submariner, who's going to be the uh, villain in that one. And supposedly, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So it's going to be very interesting to see. And so they haven't had, you know, someone like Thanos popping up at the end of each movie and everything. And like Ashley had said, you know, they did have the Celestials in this. They were in there real briefly when they were with the gods and everything. But they were in there. And you also had, you know, a Celestial statue that was destroyed in this movie, too. Um, while Thor was battling in the beginning. So it was interesting to see, you know, the little callbacks. But no, there is no set mo- in motion for this portion of the MCU. So I'll be very curious to see where it goes. I Am I going to be excited to see Thor versus Hercules? Hell yeah. You know, when as soon as they showed Zeus in the preview, I knew we were going to get Hercules. You know, it's like it was just a given Uh, when they showed, you know, all the the Lady Thor. I was wondering if they were going to keep her around for a couple movies. But, you know, we got what we got. I do think we'll definitely have more of Valhalla explored a little bit. You know, they wouldn't have shown Welcome to Valhalla and show the halls and everything like that the way they did. Um, without, you know, hey, we're coming back to this. It might not be right away. And that's the one thing I love about the Marvel movies. It doesn't have to be the very next project. It could be a couple movies down or a couple TV shows. You never know. It could be showing up on something on the on Disney+. Plus, and that's the cool thing about it now. It's kind of like in the comics. See issue number 29 of Spider, The Amazing Spider-Man for what they're talking about. You know, stuff like that. And that's what I... I love about it being a comic fan. And I think we're in a great time for, you know, superhero geek movies and everything. And we got a lot going on with it. You know, Miss Marvel is wrapping up this week. And then we have, you know, She-Hulk starting it by the end of the summer. We have Sandman. We have Shazam. We have Black Adam. We have all these different things going on. And you know what, folks? Bring them coming. I'll be there with my popcorn and my Coke, and I'll be thrilled to be able to talk about it. <laughs> you know, one thing, um, I, it, it, it's perception. This movie isn't terrible. It isn't bad. It feels like an annual. Hmm. That's, a good, way to put that's it, yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. A good it, annual. It, it, yeah. You get a, uh, a different art style. They play a little fast and loose with the continuity. It's not necessarily canon, but it is. Yeah. In this case, it is. And, well, uh, yeah. I, it, it's just <laughs> that, uh, that that's the feel of it. It's that it's uh, not the, uh, uh, the main in-your-face Marvel uh, uh, next movie. This is Thor, Love and Thunder, the annual. They do seem to be very much doing their own thing. I mean, we still don't know, I don't think, unless I'm mistaken something, uh, we still don't know why Wong summoned Shang-Chi at the end of that movie, right? Like, nope. there was something big going on, and yet we have no idea what that was about. So so there's there's a lot of stuff that's still on the table. Um, and, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like Mike said, bring it on. Uh, I, because- I just love the fact that they just gave that 
mm, to Stephen Strange. It's like, you know what? The universe is saying <laughs> you are way too egotistical. You're getting sniped down. <laughs> well, I think Thor proves that even the, the gods can can be humbled. So, uh, and that that's a good, yeah, that, I, you know, and I think that at the end of the day, you know, it's good that Marvel made a movie. So, um, uh, on that note, I think we'll, we'll take a quick break and we'll wrap it up. Welcome to a Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela. And this week, this Geek Girl is talking about season four of The Boys. The Boys season four is all done. And oh boy, what a ride this season was. If you haven't seen it yet, I would suggest going forward so you aren't spoiled. Now, we left off at Season 3 with Stormfront being beaten by Maeve, Starlight, and Kimiko, and Butcher hiding his wife's son from Holander. Now, Homelander has to play nice with Starlight, or she and Maeve will leak the video of him killing a plane full of people. This entire season is crazy. Maeve gives Butcher tip V, and he takes it in order to fulfill his need to destroy Homelander and get revenge, we learn a lot about Soldier Boy, a star-spangled hero who was thought dead after the Russians captured him. Like, there was just so much going on in this season, but it was all so well done and thought out that it flowed really, really well. All the stories that we got for each character ended up meeting up in the end for the final fight, and it all worked out so well. We got to see Maeve go out in a blaze of glory since she lost her powers to Soldier Boy, She's still alive, though, and now she gets to live a normal life with her girlfriend. We also see Ashley at the end, who is a whole mixed bag in this show. Like, I really do not like this chick, but she did see Maeve survive and deleted the file of it. So maybe she isn't such a horrible person after all? Okay, yeah, she still is. She's awful. I am so excited to see where this show will be going with season five, because the momentum that it keeps having is getting just better and better. It hasn't lost its pace at all, and we're now getting a season five. So that says so much about the writers and the actors on this show and how much they care about it. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Drew Leiter here. Wish you could keep up on DC Comics but don't have the time or the money? Not a problem. Join Cletus Jacobs and I as we bring you recaps and commentary on DC Comics, television, movies, and more, whether they are good or not. The Earth Station DCU podcast comes out weekly and is part of the ESO Network. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Let's thank our crew for being here tonight. The Devil, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It I was awesome. It. You're a lot nicer in person than you are, you know, <laughs> in the Bible and every place. No. <laughs> Never lose a fight with a publisher. Of course, of course. Anything you want to promote or shout out about? Um, I'm an eternal at Dragon Con. Uh, uh, if you want to come up and uh, uh, enjoy life. Come to Atlanta. I love how on Facebook you have a picture with you and Buddy Christ. It's awesome. 
which is we had an annual meeting where we stood together for about 15 minutes and we couldn't move with the amount of people taking pictures of us that is awesome (laughs) well thank you for joining us tonight you were great to chat with thank you and amy thank you also for your first time bravo for both of you guys yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Anything you want to shout out to, about or promote? Um, yeah, I'm going to be at Dragon Con. Um, obviously, love it. Um, I will be speaking on the X track about um, the X Files and shows that it helped um, bring into uh, the world after they did their thing, and also uh, Stranger Things season four. Um, which I'm really which excited awesome. to, to dig into and um, discuss. Oh, it's going to be great talking. You know, um, there's there's not enough stuff to talk about. You know, Stranger Things season four. I don't think anyone's going to want to talk about that. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. the most boring hour ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're only giving you an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we could spend an hour just talking about Kate Bush. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, looking forward to seeing you both at Dragon Con this year. It's going to be a blast. And of course, Mikey, we actually have an episode of the Dragon Con report coming out in two weeks. Woo-hoo. Yes, sir. So, that's right. So we'll be busy with that coming up. So look for it, folks. And of course, Ms. Ashley Pauls, always wonderful to have you here as our movie reviewer. Oh, thank you. Always a great time. Anything you want to shout out about? Yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out tonight. Um, I know we've been talking a lot about summer blockbusters and big movies, but there have been some fun smaller films in theaters this summer, too. So I always encourage, like, as you're going to see the big movies, be sure to support some of those smaller movies, too. I got a chance to see the historical costume drama Mr. Malcolm's List a couple weeks ago. That was great fun. I'm really excited about um Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris coming out this weekend. Oh, that weekend. looks adorable. It looks really charming and fun. So, yeah, we all love the big blockbusters. Those are great. But if you get a chance, be sure to check out some of those smaller movies, too, that can sometimes get overlooked. There's some good storytelling happening other places, too. I might as well jump in with my shout-out real quick because I was going to shout-out. I went to go see Elvis again over oh, wow. the weekend. Uh went yesterday, and loved it just as much and you know i i went into being a very skeptical because ashley and i went to go see it the same weekend when it opened and it is amazing folks if you get a chance to see it elvis is better than i ever i could have expected and it's probably going to go up there as one of my big surprises for this year i had put it down as one of that i did want to see and i am glad i did and Folks, go go see it on the big screen. If you have any inkling of wanting to know about Elvis or if you're an Elvis fan, go see Elvis. It is definitely worth it to see it on the big screen especially. Mm-hmm. The, sa- the And the soundtrack in this is just superb and everything. So, and Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. Since you're wrapping it up, what do you got for us? Um, look, I'm just going to give a shout out to you because I don't think he got enough credit. Um, certainly in the credits that I saw, 
at the end of the movie while I was waiting for the mid credit scenes. Um, but Jason Aaron, if it's not for him and his run on Thor, this movie doesn't get made. Uh, I don't think he's listed as being like, you know, written the story. I know that they, they give credit to, of course, uh, Jack Kirby, Stan, uh, Stan Lee and, uh, Larry Lieber, uh, for creating Thor as the Marvel character anyway. But Jason really needs to get a story credit as well because the, the two plots in this movie are, are his. And he's basically, he's really responsible for Jane Foster Thor as, as she is depicted here. When I was reading his run on that, that story, I could tell that he had Natalie Portman in mind. It just seems like, every, like the character, the way it was drawn, was drawn uh, to the to resemble Portman's character, so or Portman herself. So I I just think that you know you people who like this movie, uh, even if you didn't like the movie, check out Jason Aaron's work, especially uh, on Thor. I also did recently a run on Conan for Marvel Comics. And I believe he's writing the Avengers, which is pretty amazing. So uh, he's one of the best, I think, comic writers out there. So uh, check out his work. It's interesting. Um, Entertainment Weekly actually made an article, and I posted it in the ESO group. And we'll also have it here in our show notes, how Thor Love and Thunder compares to Jason Aaron's comics. So, And so he's been getting recognition for this and everything and which is well deserved and everything and we'll have a link up to it up in the show notes so that you guys can read the article i don't want to waste any more time and you know go through and read everything so but it's it's definitely worth reading the article and if you get a chance everything is in trade so you can definitely pick up his run on thor that's how i did it all right, folks, that wraps it up for this week. Of course, we'd love to hear back from you guys. Feedback at OurStation1.com, as always. Join us here next week. we got a double feature coming to your way, folks, as we mentioned earlier. We are going to be looking at Strange New Worlds and Ms. Marvel. That's right, folks. Another MCU creature and Star Trek. Hey, two things that could almost cross over. That would be real interesting to see Camilla Khan on the Enterprise. I could see it, but you never know. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we definitely would love to have you guys join us for that one. Of course, as always, thank you for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We are powered by NSC. You could find them at nsclivetv.com. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now TuneIn Radio, Pandora, and many others. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon, Ms. Ashley Pauls, The Devil, and, of course, Amy Chandler. Thank you for listening. Please, folks, hug your loved ones. Have a great summer. And I hope you guys are enjoying the, the heat. And, you know, hopefully it's staying dry where you guys are and you're able to enjoy everything. You know what? Just enjoy everything. Life is too short for you not to. Be well. We will see you all soon. Peace. And we are done. Boom. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. 
Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.